When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network, part of Fans First Sports Network. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks. No Dave Schofield. He is on vacation, drink, and I'm joined by just Brian Anthony Davis. It's not just Brian Anthony Davis, but the Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? Hey, I appreciate that, Jeff. It is great to be with you on this night. This is, goes back to my podcast roots, starting off with Jeff Hartman in the Blog Talk Radio days. It's a lot of fun. I miss Dave because I always will. He's my big buddy. And uh, so I was looking like crazy you know, for on vacation for a soundbite. And he didn't do it at the beginning of all of his shows. And, and <laughs> I think out of spite because we badgered him so much. I gave him too much crap about it. That's so, it. I yeah. was going to keep playing on our show on vacation, on vacation. I'm going to do that, but I got to do this because uh, maybe about two and a half years ago, you made me mad once you don't make me mad often, but you made me mad. I make so you I gotta, mad all the time. It's just I, not from the podcast of his business stuff. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> so, so I got to do this. Dave's at the beach. Imagine Dave and speedos. <laughs> That's payback. Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, you know, Dave's watching somewhere and he's shaking his head, yelling at us probably, but anyways, <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of those days where you wish there was something to talk about regarding the black and gold, the Pittsburgh know, Steelers. Man. Yeah, there's just nothing. no news. Ah, what are we kidding? There's so much stuff going on right now. Uh, we've had, I mean, this has been a very eventful free agency period so far. But before we even talk about the players, uh, the official signings, which happened today, Thursday, just what's your overall take on free agency thus far? They're not done yet, but what's your take thus far? He's uh, he's on a roll. I mean, he's uh, he's doing something. And, you know, we're going to find out whether these guys are good in stadium, like Mike Tomlin always says. But being aggressive and out there and making moves. And we've known from everything that this man has done that he does his homework. He doesn't do anything on a whim. So when we were at Monday and everybody was complaining right away that these guys aren't busy, they're letting the whole free agency get away. He's like, he was sitting back, boys. You just wait. I'm getting started. And th- that's that's basically what what Omar Khan is doing. So I trust what he's doing. I know I know he's got a lot of uh, aces up his sleeve. He's ready to go. But I'm going to say one thing. It's not exactly fair to compare him to Kevin Colbert or fair to Kevin Colbert to compare him to him because this is just a new NFL. This NFL free agency doesn't even look like it did four years ago to me. This is, it's one thing I've noticed is the duration of contracts certainly has changed a lot. You said to me, I don't know, Brian, you might disagree. To me, it seems like you see a lot more two year deals 
less four-year deals or you know long-term contracts i remember that being almost the norm where they would almost have those long-term deals they want to lock a player up for the long term not really that that way anymore with the steelers you know especially the steelers really the two-year deal three-year max very rare unless it's someone like tj watt or make fitzpatrick that they're trying to lock up for the long term you see it the same way yeah Absolutely, because everything has changed. You would have never seen a Zeke Elliott getting caught, getting released. You would have never seen uh, somebody complaining like Tyreek Hill last year. And he complains one day, two days later, he's gone. He's traded. You know, so they're they're just not messing around anymore. These uh, players are more mobile than ever. And I think that's just really in the last two years or so. It's gotten crazy. Yeah, and so... I think a lot of people, when they looked at the Steelers' approach, they looked at the Steelers approaching their free agency stint. Obviously, they have to be cap compliant by the 13th. I'm sorry. It was the, was it the 13th or 15th? That's the 15th, I think. Um, yeah. They have to be cap compliant. Everyone's like, man, they're over the cap. Well, we knew William Jackson the third was going to get cut, and he did. That frees up, that freed up 12 million. But then they spend that quickly, and all of a sudden, that space that was about 10 million because they were a little bit over the cap prior to that release of Jackson. How are they going to make any more moves? They start making more moves. Well, what they do is they restructure make of Fitzpatrick on Thursday morning. And then we find out they cut miles. Jack saves him $18 million total between the 10 million and Minka 8 million with miles. Jack. Were you surprised with the miles Jack cut Brian? Yes. And no, I was surprised because at the time, I was thinking, who are they going to bring in? You know, because you lose Spillane. No way are you, you thinking that Jack's going to be gone. But they knew they were going to bring in Cole Holcomb. Well, they did before Miles Jack. And then a Landon Roberts happened right around the same time. I just thought, this is a guy that you give an extra year to. Um, you, you maybe restructure him. You do something, but... Kevin Smith, and he's going to talk about it tomorrow on Here We Go, the Steelers show. You got to check this out because he's saying that every single move that the Steelers are making on both sides of the ball mean that they are going for toughness. And, you know, it's no surprise that, uh, I mean, one of the raps on Miles Jack, one of the raps on, what's his name, Devin Bush Jr. Yep. I'm already forgetting him and he might be back. Who knows? But I, I still don't think he's back. But what, what I'm saying is they play a softer brand of ball. Now, this doesn't talk about their toughness, but it's just their approach. Uh, it's not as aggressive. It's, it's kind of a more relaxed approach is what I'm trying to say. And Kevin's going to explain it a whole lot better than me. But they're uh, they're getting tougher on especially on defense. Well, and that's, that's an Andy Weedle thing. You know, Andy Weedle comes in, he's bringing in Nate Herbig, which was one of his guys from Philadelphia, uh, re-signing Larry Ogunjobi, the, the, the inside linebackers. It's boy, talk about, you know, they always say the cupboard's bare. The cupboard got completely swapped is what happened. I mean, Devin Bush is meeting with Seattle. I heard, uh, good luck. <laughs> Robert Spillane goes to the Las Vegas Raiders on, I believe, a two-year deal. That was the they, biggest surprise, I think. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. For really, you? Yeah, okay. for me. I was surprised he signed so fast. You know, it was pretty early in free agency, but hey, he got a deal that he liked. And so Spillane's gone. Bush is gone. 
Now Miles Jack's gone. You're wondering who do they have? Well, now they have Mark Robinson, Cole Holcomb, and this Elander Roberts. Elandon. 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 I'm sorry, Elandon Roberts. And I didn't know much about either of these guys. I'm learning about them as you all learn about them because I know the Steelers. Like that's kind of it. But they're definitely, like you said, there's a change in demeanor. There is a change in demeanor. It's exciting to see. And this is an exciting time. Well, let's get this super chat up here first. Uh, Frank Bennett gives us $5. What do you think of Patrick Peterson signing? Upgrade or no? Well, let's start there, Brian. Patrick Peterson. That was the first signing the Steelers had after losing Cam Sutton. What were your thoughts? You haven't done a show since that signing. What do you think? Yeah, yeah you know, that's true. And, you know, I'm always uh, you know, swaying on the brighter side of life and uh, and I'm optimistic about a lot of these picks. And then I apologize later for being wrong. But I love Patrick Peterson for a lot of things. I love the fact that he's a leader. I love the fact that his numbers and somebody in our Slack channel broke it down. The numbers of the entire career of Cam Sutton based on the last three years. I think it was the last three years of Patrick Peterson. And Peterson basically had him. It, he has not, he's one of those guys like a Joe Hayden, where you're still going to get a lot of production out of him at a later age. And I love it. He's, if he goes two years, you know, I might be shocked because it's just the way of the NFL right now, but I think he's the perfect guy to bring in. It kind of shows me that in the top 32 picks, they're going corner somewhere. And that that's what that tells me. But if you really want to find out a lot about him, we're getting rave reviews from last night's curtain call where the, uh, where the guys brought in from the Vikings, from our new FFSN affiliate, which is first in school. David Stefano came in and people loved this guy. And they're like, that is a great guest. So, and he talked about, he, he called me as soon as they signed him. They said, you're going to love this. You are absolutely going to love this. Congratulations, because we're going to miss him. So Thursday today, Patrick Peterson, Nate Herbig. Uh, I don't think Holcomb was in to sign his contract. Those were official. Yeah, he signed. Hol Holcomb didn't. I don't think he met with the media, though. I think it was just Herbig and Peterson. And did you get to listen to that Patrick Peterson interview by chance, Brian? I did not. And that's... Uh, well. I'm waiting He's, to cue all those things up. <laughs> he said a couple things that were the first thing that stood out to me is they kind of asked him about his relationship with Mike Tomlin, because obviously he's cousin with Brian McFadden. That's his cousin. He does a podcast with him. Obviously he spent time in Pittsburgh and he said, Hey, we were, we, we were close to having a deal done last year. I'm like, wait, wait a second. What? He made it sound like he had talked to Grady Brown, the defensive backs coach. Mike Tomlin that they were working on getting him to Pittsburgh last season and they didn't wow. get a deal done. So I was like, wow, that must've been a trade. I wonder what was on the table. This, that was really news to me. And then on top of that, he talked about how he's been clamoring for coaches to allow him to do things that are a little bit different, meaning he wants to do different things. He's not one of those cornerbacks that says, well, you know what? I can only play man coverage. I'm only a zone guy, or I only play outside. He goes, no, move me wherever. I'm a, I'm a valuable piece. Like, use me as such. I heard that. I'm like, that is what I want to hear. Put him in the slot. Move him at safety if you need to sometimes. The guy's smart enough to do it. And so I, when I heard those things first, the, the 
the whole, maybe it was just blowing smoke. I don't know. But ultimately when he said, yeah, we tried to make it happen last year and we couldn't have, I was like, wow. No, that's news. That, that is, that is news. And that wasn't a press conference. That wasn't on the podcast with Brian McFadden. That was in a press conference. Like, well, that's, that's something for me personally. Uh, but Patrick Peterson, I think that, you know, the question was, and, and the, the super chat asked, was it an upgrade or is it a downgrade? And Frank is the one that asked that. And he even says in the live chat, he's going to be 33 to start the season. Yeah. He talked about that. And he said, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not going to be able to run with these outside, you know, these wide receivers, the entire game anymore, but it doesn't mean he can't play. When I value, when I compare the value with him and Cam Sutton, I, I, if you, if I have to pick an upgrade or a downgrade, I'm going to take an upgrade based on the ball skills, based on the experience, the veteran savvy, even if it's just one or two years, I think it's an upgrade. Uh, the only downgrade is, is age. That's it. Like that, that's the only value that Cam Sutton brings in my opinion that Patrick Peterson doesn't. What do you think? Yeah. And that's it. It's age. You would have loved to have had him last year. You would have loved to have had him four years ago. There's, this is a guy that uh, has been on my Steeler wish list for a long time. I'm glad he's here, but yeah, that's really the only downgrade. And, you know, somebody uh, on our Slack channel, I think it was Bradley was mentioning that, Hey, the, uh, the uh, pro football focus, uh, was it uh, PFF? Yeah. The PFF grades were, have got to be wrong, but I don't think they are. And he graded last year a whole lot better than what Cam Sutton graded. And so what you're going to find out, what makes this such a good deal, though, is the fact that you're going to find out how good Terrell Austin is. And he got masked a lot. How he was masked was the fact that a lot of people thought that Brian Flores had a lot to do with everything. No, but remember, this guy was the defensive coordinator. And he was also the defensive coordinator when that defensive backfield started to get better just a couple of years ago. So not defensive coordinator. He was the defensive backs coach. So he is really going to be able to go ahead and allow Patrick Peterson to do what he wants to do to go ahead and make up for that age by moving him around and not getting him stuck on an island. You can't put him on P2 Island. He's not that player anymore. Now, something you said a little bit earlier was about how it seems like the Steelers are destined to take a cornerback in the NFL draft. I would agree. Think about this Patrick Peterson signing and let's say, let's assume he stays for both years of the contract. And he even admitted this is probably his last contract that after this, he's probably done. So let's say he signs for two years. He, he lives out the contract and let's say they draft a Joey Porter jr. What if this one contract and yes, some might say it's a downgrade from cam Sutton, but what he passes on to the next player, that Joey Porter Jr., lasts an entire career. Like, think about it from that perspective. Like, th this can be more than just on-field production. This could be teaching a young man how to do his job at a high level, teaching him his craft, all those things. That could be a part of this that a lot of fans don't want to even consider based on the fact that it doesn't necessarily equate to interceptions or tackles and things like that, even though he got five last year anyway. So, okay. I don't want to talk a lot about Patrick Peterson, even though it's worthy of it out outside of returning players, Demonte Casey, Larry Ogunjobi, Demonte Casey reported two-year deal. Larry Ogunjobi reported three-year deal. I don't want to talk about them. We know a lot about them. However, what uh, free agent acquisition that wasn't Patrick Peterson excited you the most? 
Well, I've, I've got to actually say Landon Roberts, because I've been following him for the last couple years. I've, I wanted him to come in last year and I actually thought he was going to be a possibility last year because of his connection in two places, not just one, but in new England, in Miami with Brian Flores. And I, I thought he was the kind of guy, he has always been a very tough linebacker to me and he's uh, made life rough the Steelers in in a lot of those games in the last couple of years in both with both uh, Miami and with, uh, with Pittsburgh, excuse me, with new England. But the more that I look at Nate Herbig, I'm getting excited because Nate, nasty Nate. Yeah. I saw where you called him nasty Nate. And (laughs) and so this guy's like, I don't care where I play. I'll punt if you need me to, that's what you want to hear. This guy, he does have that mean streak. I heard, you know, him being equated to a better version of BJ Finney and BJ Finney was pretty good for what he was there for. BJ Finney wasn't six, four, 300. Yeah. And, and, uh, (laughs) and this guy has much longer arms than BJ Finney had, but you Uh, have BJ Finney's pants. Yes. Well, I, (laughs) I'll go steal (laughs) Nate Herbig's pants if that's what I have to do. Um, and you know what? I think they might they might end up wearing he, he'll probably end up wearing sixty seven as well. So you know, you think? That, yeah, probably. You heard, you heard Pete, but Patrick Peterson's wearing. You saw that, right? Twenty, right? He's wearing twenty. Yes, his old his cousin's old number. Ah, okay. I didn't equate that because I thought he'd end up with either two or five. Well, you can't give him Mason's number. Come on now. Oh, no, yeah, you're. I, <laughs> Can't give Please him, can't give him Michael Vick's number. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that Brian St. Pierre legacy is is really good. And and don't forget, uh, I think one of those bad kickers. Yeah, Todd Peterson wore number two. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, he did he did say he goes, you know, they asked him what number. There's been a lot of talk about what number you're gonna be. He said right off the bat in the press conference, Well, I already know that seven's not available. <laughs> <laughs> does that matter to you it mattered to me i said this on my show on wednesday i was asked about it in the mailbag on let's ride and someone said do you care i actually do i i don't know why it doesn't matter but i actually do i didn't want him wearing seven what are your thoughts you know what i i don't care but it's the legacy of those numbers with the fact that you're not giving them out that that's something that's something that's uh pretty special and so I'm going to have this uh, this weekend, and this was going to be my my trivia question. Nah, actually, uh, I'm going to save it for my trivia question. But there was there was a case where another player wanted. And this was years ago. The coach almost gave it to him, but Dan Rooney stepped in and said no. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, do that a little bit later for trivia. Okay. I like what Drunk Turkey Show says. Herbig sounds like a 2 a.m. story. Kind of does. Do you know who Drunk Turkey Show is? (laughs) No. It's Daniel J. (laughs) That's that's a great show, by the way. So uh, he was in here as the State of the Steelers. Yeah, I I guess he switched over because unless I'm (laughs) I'm mistaken, that's supposed to be Daniel J. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And here, let me ask you this. What do you think Nate Herbig signing means for? And I'll bring this up here on Facebook. Sherry Richards, Kendrick Green, welcome to the season long and active list. That would be for a second year in a row, Sherry. What does this mean for Kendrick Green, Brian? He's cheap enough to keep around and keep inactive if they want to. If, But uh, I'm not sure if he sticks around. But 
don't be surprised if he does because he's only a 30-year player. He's not making that much. I I could probably think that he might stay, but not yeah. play. It'll be interesting, and uh, I don't know how they're going to spin this uh, unless you know, J.C. Hasnauer wasn't tendered as a restricted free agent, so maybe they're thinking Kendrick Green is the uh, that J.C. Hasnauer type backup. I don't want him snapping the football. I'll tell you that right now, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Was he we'll terrible see. at snapping the football? Was there a lot of loose? I mean, I no. he was just bad at playing center. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I, I was, I was picturing like uh, balls flying all over the place. Oh my gosh. Captain underpants. No, he lost. He said he lost his Twitter account. That's why my, uh, that's why I only had like 25 questions on the mailbag is because he wasn't <laughs> able to chime in. Hopefully you get your Twitter back. Cap- Captain Underpants. Captain is, he's a great one. Yes, Love for Captain. sure. For sure. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's take a quick break. When yeah, we get back after this uh, break, we're going to talk about uh, some players that are gone and what might be next for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Steeler fans, we're back and we're talking free agency. This is a fun time of year. It really is. It's one of those things where I, I get, like you said, Brian, I get excited. I'm, I'm watching Nate Herbig and Patrick Peterson standing up there talking about how great the Steelers organization is and how much they love Mike Tomlin. And Patrick Peterson said his favorite Tomlinism is it's a big game because we're in it. That's his favorite Mike Tomlinism. So I can't argue with that one, although painting barns red is my favorite but um <laughs> so it, this is exciting but would you tell fans to kind of temper expectations a little bit for these guys yeah you know what it's here's a tomlinism it's what happens in stadium and so you know temper expectations but what you're hearing one of my favorite things was noticing that the washington commander sites were like oh man they liked this guy. They liked Cole Holcomb. And then you see how nasty the Herbig, I'm going to call him Herbie, how nasty Herbie's going to be. You know, so you got to like it. I know a lot about Alandon Roberts. I know a lot about Patrick Peterson. So, yeah, but this is when you look around at other teams, all 31 teams, they're making moves like this. They're, you, you know, you had the show today about with, uh, the guy with Kyle and uh, Greg, what Ian's talking about. And they're like knowing the knockoffs, you know, some of these guys are considered knockoffs, but man, I've got a closet full of jerseys over there that are knockoffs that look pretty darn good when I wear them. And everyone said, where did you get that? And I'm like, I didn't get it on uh, NFL shop.com for $250. I got it off the boat for 20 and <laughs> off the boat. So, you know, <laughs> so really and they work they've got nike tags so these guys have nfl tags they're yeah. nfl players and when you're you're put in the right system with the right players and i think uh, i think the the environment with guys like minka fitzpatrick cam hayward i'm talking about the defense tj watt having those guys around it's a good environment for these guys to come in now you add patrick peterson that's just, he's an environment guy. He he never played for the Steelers. He was drafted in 2011. It doesn't matter. He's going to come in and command attention. 
And when I say attention, their attention to teach him. And he's going to be a company guy from day one. He already is. So Dwayne, because you brought up jerseys, said, let me find out you got a Bubby Brister jersey stashed. I want the Bubby one, but it's got to be right. And they're hard to get. I have a duck, which is really I have a duck Hodges, so I've I've got that number six. That's and not I, the worst jersey you have, though. I guarantee you have a worse one than Duck I Hodges. Think, duck had some good moments. I, I think a Chris Jones might be my worst, but I also have a. You probably uh, have a Sanquez Golson. I bet I don't, but I should just to wear on the show. But <laughs> and I love that Kyle Kreiss wears Orpheus Roy. I love that. That's a great number seventy-one. That's a great jersey. But I think the weirdest one I have is. It's probably Richard Huntley. Oh, wow. But that was a value city. That, that was a value city like $7 back in 1999. So still counts. That's fine. That's fine. Um, all right. Let us let me ask you a quick question before we talk about what's next. Between the two players that were retained, meaning the DeMonte Casey, Larry Ogunjobi, again, not official yet. All right. They're not official yet. Which one do you think is more important to the Steelers defense? I'm going to give a Dave answer. I can't. They're both. They're oh, they're gosh. both huge. No, okay, you know what? Okay. Give me a freaking answer. All right. KZ. Oh, why? Because you don't know if Terrell Edmonds is back yet. Now, Kevin and Dave both think that uh, this signing of Roberts and letting go Jack means that Edmonds is actually going to be back um, for a lot of what you can do. But if he's not back, you need him to be Robin. And I always talk about Robin to make us Batman. So that's important. I think Larry O is very important to this team, but I like what DeMarvin Leal is doing. There's nothing behind. There's nothing waiting in the wings at safety that, uh, that makes you think that there's an up and comer. So if uh, they might have to spend a draft pick on a safety as well, if they don't get Edmonds back. So, with you know that was a freak injury last year with the broken arm but you really need to have a guy like kz back there and i trust kz you know i i agree with everything you said and it is a difficult question they're both very important i always said that the steelers are going to prioritize the safety that they want to keep they did that it's demonte kz that doesn't mean they're shutting the door on terrell Edmonds' return but i think larry Ogunjobi was more important we know from 2021 what this run defense could look like. And that's like a sieve. Not good. Yeah, yeah that's true. And Larry Ogunjobi, even banged up last year, was a, was a step in the right direction. He's not the answer like a step on to it, but he is very valuable. If he's not there, boy, with that cupboard. I talked about cupboards being buried inside linebacker. Defensive front would be really, really thin. Louder milk. We'd be leaning on him to Marvin Leal. I don't think those players are ready for that. You don't think to Marvin is? For, I think no, he's a different type of player. Okay. I think I think DeMarvin is more, and this is something that uh I think it was Andrew Wilbar, because I was asking about uh a prospect from Wisconsin that the uh Kia, I think it's Keanu Benton from yeah. Wisconsin that the Steelers really like, and they're not hiding it. And I said, What's it like between he and Leal? Like, compare me. He said, like, Leal's a, more of an edge guy, not an outside linebacker, but he plays more D end. You know, Larry O is more of an interior guy. They, they, that's what they need. They need a, they need Isaiah Loudermilk to step the hell up this year and be a really good force and a rotational piece. Be the Tyson Aluwalu type. That's what they need from Isaiah Loudermilk. So I will take 
I'll take Larry O there. You'll take Demonte Casey, and that's fine. We'll agree to disagree. But I'm now, not giving any of those guys up. <laughs> I'm not giving that? Larry O. I'm not giving Larry O. Oh, up, no, though. for sure. No way. No way. No way. All right. We got another super chat from Frank. Frank Bennett gives us five bucks. Thank you very much, Frank, for the tips. We do appreciate it. He said, do you see the Steelers re-signing Bud Dupree for a discount to add depth behind Alex Highsmith? Now, this is going to be the next question I was going to bring up, which is, what do you think is going to happen next? I mean, they're not done. I, I, If they're done, I would be absolutely stunned if they were finished. What do you think is the next move? I really think that very well could be the next move right there. But I think tight end is another move as well. But I think it, edge rusher, you, you got it. You saw what happened when you have nobody helping out when TJ Watt goes down. There, that that season ended. Do you can you imagine what they maybe TJ being there? Do you think it could have given them three more games? I Last think so. Season, yeah, winning three more three wins. More? I mean, you think about games. I think about games like down in Miami, you know, where you wonder if they could just have that one play that sack on a third down or the, the strip sack or the batted pass or hell the interception. He's done a lot of that. Uh, Jets I don't game. know. But yeah. There's so at least even, two, even at if least it's two, two Jeff, then they're in the playoffs. There are 13 and six. Uh, no, wait, wait, that's wrong. 11, 11, 16. Yeah. 11 and six. And then then you're feeling a whole lot better about that team. So that tells me you got to take care of edge rusher for depth, but you've got to bring the right guy in. I did not say this earlier when we were talking about Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson's a rock guy. He knows his role and shuts his mouth. You did not get that when you brought in Melvin Ingram, the third, he did not know his role. He knew, he knew the expectations he he listened to everything that they said and agreed to get that contract. But once he got it, he wasn't happy. So, I mean, so basically he wasn't truthful with the Steelers. I, even though I'm not privy to being a fly on the wall, I'm just saying he probably said the right things. And then when he was there, he kind of forced a trade and he, he needed that guy. You needed that depth. And if you're going to bring in a guy with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, there's a possibility that they're going to play and they're going to be needed and to be rotated out to give those guys a breather. But you've got to know your role and know that you're a number three and be fine with it. And so that's what they have in Patrick Peterson. They need that know your role guy for edge rusher. And you have to have it. I think it's imperative. No, you're, I think you're right. And they, they have to have that mindset. And I don't know what Bud Dupree's mindset would be if I'm being completely honest. You know, Jacina Anderson of ESPN, or maybe formerly of ESPN. I don't know. Not that it matters. She said that the Steelers are interested. They're wondering about his health. And that's everyone was going to be concerned about his health. The Steelers aren't going to overpay, though. So Frank, who gave us the super chat and brought up this topic, said, Do you think he would take a hometown discount? I don't think he will. Uh, he he still wants to be paid. I don't think the Steelers, if the, if this is a signing they make, I don't see it coming in the near future. Uh, but at the same time, I've been wrong plenty of times. Uh, I'd love to see Bud Dupree back. If he can buy into the system like you talked about, Brian, and if he's healthy and at the right price, I feel like what I just said, those three consecutive things is asking a lot. So I'm not sure if that is what is actually going to happen. So 
What do you think would be next if it's not Bud Dupree? What do you think is the next move for the Steelers? Tight end. You think Gentry or you think someone else? Either or, and I, I know that's that's a cheap answer. I, I actually think it's he's not gone. I think it's Foster Moreau if Gentry leaves. But I know that's that's one of those things they do need to clear that up. I don't think they're ready. I don't think they view Connor Hayward as that blocking time that they need, and he's not. He's not even close. So when when I look at the gold standard of blocking tight ends for the Steelers, I think of a guy like Matt Spath. I think of a guy like Preston Gothard. You know th- those guys that and Preston Gothard had to be thrown in in the uh, late '80s as a starting tight end because they had nothing. But I think of those guys that could they're they're like middle relievers. They're very important to have there. They're going to catch a ball when you really need it. But most of the time you need them blocking and keeping guys safe. Gentry is important. If it's not Gentry, it's it would be a guy like Foster Moreau. I could see that coming him coming in, but it, it's got to be taken care of. Maybe that's a next week. But I, I think that's something they're going to look at. I also think there's going to be another wide receiver, a veteran wide receiver, like a Marvin Jones or somebody like that, to uh, to do exactly what Patrick Peterson's going to do for the defensive backfield. A guy like that would be great for that wide receiver room. So say that name again, because I was going to say wide receiver. That's not what I have next. I do have veteran wide receiver on my list. Say those names again about the wide receivers that you think they might be able to bring in. I, I just said a Marvin Jones. We talked okay. about that last week on the show. I think an older guy, because I go back to this, Jericho Cotri. You need Jarvis a Jericho Cotri. A Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, Landry, yeah. Yeah, but the thing with Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry's not a locker room guy. And if they sign like, him next I'll week. I'll tell you one. I'll do, go ahead. Go ahead. If they sign him next week, I'm going to say buyer beware because – He's one of those uh, red butt kind of guys that that gets uh, gets irritated easily. And you are you already have Deontay Johnson, who should be the leader of that room. And he's not. He is definitely not a leader. He's he needs to be on the team. I'm not saying he doesn't need to be on the team. He's valuable to that team. But you need a guy in to help out and uh, you know solidify that room like Peterson's going to be on the other side. Jarvis Landry would be good for that team, but Jarvis Landry could be a guy like uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt that that just gets irritated really quick. For me, Jarvis Landry was did not have this reputation in Miami at all. It wasn't until he went to Cleveland and he got disgruntled, which I, I got to be honest, I'd be disgruntled there too. Um, yeah. And, you know, New Orleans, he was hurt. So I, I don't know if that's, I'll give you a name. I just don't think they'd be able to afford him. Give me Adam Thielen. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I think he I would, would love cost a lot, but I'd love it. He would cost a lot, but you talk about a guy that wants to play in the slot and he's fine doing it. Yeah. You have George Pickens and Deontay Johnson out there too. It's a hell of a trio. Ooh. Oh yes. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Come on, con artist. Do something. Will you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Come on. laughs> get out of the country club and that. <laughs> No, no. I changed it. I changed it a little to bit. Do that. No, no, it's not good. No, that you was better. Dusty, that's your opinion. You can do Dusty Roads until you are blue in the face. All right. All right, Daddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, get out of the country club. Hot times. <laughs> Hot times, Daddy. All right. 
I'll tell you what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next is they're going to sign Trell Evans. That's what's going to happen next. That's the next move. And everyone's, you know, I think there's a lot of people that might say, well, what about the offense? Well, they brought in Nasty Nate. And I don't know if the offense needs anything else. You said tight end, and I agree with that, but that's not a pressing need. I don't think that's what's going to happen next. I think they're going to go after, if they could get, in my opinion, if they could if they could get Trell Edmonds locked up, I'm pretty freaking stoked about the defense heading into the draft. You agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I really am. And I think the guys, they they have guys that can sit and stay. You know, they can redshirt guys when they bring, if it's a Trenton Simpson at inside linebacker, yeah. if it's a Kalijah Clancy uh, or Clancy, uh, if it's a guy like that, if Joey Porter Jr., any of the uh, defensive backs, they can, they'll, they'll sit, but they'll stick and they'll stay. And that'll be great. But you mentioned the offensive side of the ball. You know, I can't wait to see what they do. And they have a luxury at backup quarterback right now. They really do. I don't think they need both of those guys. But if you go ahead and real and think that Landry uh, Landry Jones, excuse me. Don't do that. <laughs> if you think that Mason Rudolph is that guy that that could back up and you're fine with it, then you you're going to clear some space with Mitch. And for all of us that thought there's no way they're going to cut Mitch, you just saw it today with Miles Jack. Yeah. It's possible. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'll tell you a player who got cut today who I'd say, hey, we need a, qu- a third quarterback is Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah. Hoyer's Brian been Hoyer, here. He got cut by the, by the Patriots. I like him. Hey, Brian, we need a third quarterback. You're going to come on the cheap. You've had a lot of experience. You've played in this league. If we would need you to come in, you'd be more than willing to do it. And, you'd and he be played more in the capable. city. Yeah. So come on back. Let's go. Let's do it. I would make that call right now but i'm not omar khan let's get this super chat here degeneration x five dollars says the denver broncos cut ronald darby he was a good cornerback until he tore his acl do you think mike tomlin would be interested in a player like that i don't know what so he, he had an acl that's significant uh it's not a guarantee to come back from that did he play last season and did he play the whole season and he, was he just not effective? Like, I, I don't know much about the situation to be able to give my take really. Do you know, Brian? <sighs> I actually don't. I'm, I'm not really good with that. So uh, I just, I just don't have a good an- answer for that right now. Yeah, that's okay. Ronald Dar. I mean, I don't think Mike Tomlin's opposed to bringing in high pedigree players as long as they're healthy. That is one thing I think that Mike Tomlin was burned on uh, early on. I think that Ladarius Green issue just really haunted this team for a while. Not that it was some, you know, it wasn't a, it was a free agent pickup. It wasn't like it was a trade and they lost a lot of draft capital, but you know, they paid a lot of money for that guy and he just was never healthy. You think about Morgan Burnett, same guy, you know, came in and got hurt. I was excited about Morgan Burnett. So was I. So was I. So I think that if there's someone that has, and this is why I have a pause about Bud Dupree. If they have an inkling that he's not healthy, I don't think they're going to pull that trigger. You know, because he was not the same uh, when he, he definitely wasn't the same in Tennessee that he was in Pittsburgh. No. Um, Maybe that's the situation. Maybe it's just he was still banged up because people forget he tore his ACL in 2020. So uh, that's tough. That's really tough. So, all right, good stuff. Free agency, man. I love it. I love it. You say you have trivia, right? Yeah, I actually do. So I'm going to do the one that I kind of teased. 
So back in uh, the Bill Cower era, they picked up a very good free agent and actually one of my favorite uh, Steelers free agents. He was a running back and he, he came over and said, guys, I've had 32 for about 10 years. I want to wear number 32. And Bill Cower said, well, let me see what I can do. Goes to Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney shut it down. He said, nope, that's Franco's number. I, but but Dan, it's not retired. It's Franco's number now. And so this player ended up wearing number 34. It was a very valuable member of this team. In the mid-90s, who was it? Gosh, I could name off a bunch of 34s, but it's not going to be the right one. So No, no, it, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't 34. It was 22. I apologize. It was it was number twenty two. That still doesn't help. <laughs> but it was right during your fandom when it started, and he was very 22. valuable to this team. A running is back, but running more back? of a fullback. More of a fullback. Yeah, no clue. What, what? Who is it? I love John L. Williams. Oh, okay. John that L. Was L. That was early on in my fandom. That was early on in my fandom. Ninety four, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I remember that. I remember a lot of the players, but not like I do the team now. You know, I didn't know the the bottom of the roster guys or the the fullback. You know, I mean, I just followed the I just followed the football back then. <laughs> so yeah, Bill was trying, and that was a really good free agent pickup. He did a lot of good things here as a fullback, but he carried the ball and caught the ball a lot. Yeah, up oh, Dave Schofield chiming in on vacation. Drink everybody. Hey. <laughs> You said 34. I'm trying to think of some of the, like, D'Angelo Williams comes to mind. Veron Haynes comes to mind. I'm trying to think what, uh... Well, Mendy. Oh, I try to forget that. <laughs> he had some good years. I think he gets a bad rap. I think he does, and it was more for his off-field stuff after he left yeah. the team. He also got he also got hurt, and that was it. He But he did not have that, uh... He did not have that desire. That's why he quit a whole lot earlier, and he yeah. was fine with it. But... You know, that, that's a guy that that injury killed him. I, I still will say this, and I don't want to get into all of this. I, I'm an apologist for him because I don't know how you survive getting sandwiched like that against the Packers. And that fumble in the Super Bowl, that was a tough one. I don't know who holds on to that ball. I would. Oh, yeah, because, well, <laughs> after that pick six in, in eighth grade. and we Oh, all... I could tell you that story. That's... Oh, yeah. I want video. It's going to be out there somewhere. Honestly, there is. It, it literally is out there. I don't know. I don't have the video. It was my friend Drew Mills. Mom was in the library of the school, which overlooked the field. She had film of it. I've saw it one time in my life, but I lived it. I don't need to see it again. But we do. The, I walked by that field last time I was back in Wheeling, and and you could he still hear the cheering, and it's like the ghosts are still there. Like if I get a hold of that, Jeff, it's going to be a thirty for thirty. <laughs> I will turn that into. What if I told thing. you yeah. that the greatest play ever? <laughs> I would. You know, I would spend all the time in the world. You'd never get articles on time because I'd be just I'm working on my Jeff Harmon thirty for thirty. <laughs> I don't get articles on time for you anyways. I know. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was actually, I was not a good football player. I was really small. I was a late bloomer physically, meaning I was real small and skinny. I was the guy that would beat everyone down really fast. I would hit someone and just hang on for dear life until the bigger guys came and tackled them. Like That was me. The fact that I even made the play, I was almost like unconscious at the time. 
still boggles my mind, still boggles my mind. My mom always brings it up and she says, she didn't even get to see it. She jumped up and down and fell. <laughs> so she oh. didn't even get to see the play. <laughs> that's that's uh, awesome. George Rice has all 119 fans. You think there were 119 fans at an eighth grade football game? No. And yes, <laughs> Thomas, it is my Al Bundy story. Thank you very much. And I'm going to take it to my grave. I'll save my Al Bundy story. I'll save that for another time. Is yours an actual football story or it's does it have to do story. with like married with children? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a football story. Is your wife Peg? Like I'm just trying to figure out. Oh, now that. Hey, Ed O'Neill's best character was by far uh, Kevin O'Shea and Little Giants. <laughs> was absolutely the best. Ed O'Neill was also in the Adventures of Ford Fairlane with uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Very funny. I've never seen that. that. It, it's it's a guilty pleasure. It it sucks so bad. It's awesome. I can't I can't hear anyone say the the the, the word fumble and not immediately in my head think the scene in Little Giants when Ed O'Neill goes, they know the play. Fumble Ruski, fumble Ruski, fumble Ruski. <laughs> All right. This has been a good show. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a while since we just did a show together. Yeah, yeah I love it. Up. Let's fire Dave. I know he's in the live chat, so I can say that. No, I, I hope I didn't hurt his feelings because he's one of my best friends in the world. Eddie Power says Jeff had all the makings of a varsity athlete. Yeah, I was on the golf team and I was a baseball player. That's where my varsity athletics went after uh, my eighth grade high school or my eighth grade football team. Frosty so. Bear 69 said Zuzu pedals. And that means that he has seen Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Well, I know Zuzu's pedals. That's a that's a uh, miracle, and that's a it's a wonderful life. Yes, reference. But but the groupie that they thought murdered Vince Neil's character, <laughs> Vince Neil Motley Crue. Was <laughs> I gotta go find that movie. She was called Zuzu Pedals. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Ed O'Neill, as Thomas points out, did actually play for the Steelers. Yep, yeah. one of the final cuts. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Uh, Dave's not here to send us out. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this a oh, shot. Do you, want, do you have any final thoughts? Or are you good? You know what? I actually do have a final thought. I'm gonna oh, make sure. it quick, though. And my final thought is this: when you have a guy like Patrick Peterson, where you, you know the criticism when he signed with the Steelers was, what, I thought he wanted to play for a ring. I thought he, I thought he wanted a ring. Well, look, uh, he went with the Steelers, so he must not be serious about getting the ring. Now he had some offers. He had some. He had some places where he could have went. He was looking at Cincinnati. He was looking at a few places. He said he would have loved to play in Cincinnati. There are some places that he was looking at, but this is where Mike Tomlin, the way he treats you at a combine, the way he treats you um, at the Underwear Olympics or at a pro day. This is where Mike Tomlin shines, and this is why and people want to play for Mike Tomlin. And not just Patrick Peterson said it, these other guys said it. So when you hear that, you've got to realize that there's a lot more to being a coach that happens in stadium. Couldn't say it better myself. You So Dave's not here to send us out. What, are you going to do it? I, I don't do it well, but hey! That wasn't good, was it? We'll see you next week. <laughs>
everybody else gets a little tight. 